This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. for joining us here tonight on a Wednesday edition of Church of the Corn. We've got the national edition tonight, so we'll be talking a little bit more wide college football. We've still got some Nebraska stories, but we'll get into all that kind of fun stuff in a second. We are joined by our guy, Drake. Drake, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Good, man. A uh, little disappointed the Oma Dome struck again and canceled our snowstorm. Yeah, it's just the craziest thing. Uh, I, we were supposed to get like 6 to 12 inches, and I think we got like 2 Maybe half. Yeah, I mean, obviously roads weren't great this afternoon when they shut down my office, but that doesn't really matter. I wanted the snow. You know, I was driving around earlier and I was trying to see how big of uh, puddles I could hit with my truck. And I I hit some pretty good ones, at least. I I didn't get any one wet. So that's a good thing. I was trying to be a good person today. So you're you're a Ram guy. Are are you in on the new Ram Revolution, their EV truck? Have you seen it? I th- I think I have, but let me let me look here real quick. Evolution. Okay, there it is. Revolution. Uh, oh, I thought it was evolution. Well, I guess I should listen. Revolution. There we go. Uh, let's take a look. Oh, well, that's interesting. It kind of looks like a uh, a Tesla kind of truck. It does. Um I'll, I'll send I'll send you the link to to a video of it. The thing is sweet. Um, if you're gonna upgrade your ever upgrade the Ram, I would I would buy that. If if I was ever gonna buy an electric truck, that's the one I would buy. That's not pretty. The new Yugo? No, Fitz, not the Yugo. We're talking about the Revolution. The Ram Revolution. Interesting. Nice to you join us, Fitz. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah. I just saw that Fitz we were sets live. the time at 7.45 we and it's 10 minutes late. Exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> Fitz, Fitz sets the time and shows up 10 minutes late. Yeah, I um, believe it's... I'm six minutes early. 
Technically, he is right. He's fashionably early or late, I guess. Let's get into this. I had adult. Yeah. You're not an adult. Just because you're old, that doesn't make you an adult. He's got a snowman, mother. Mother what? Um, Anyway, so I I, I was talking about this the other night. um, NIL. So I don't know if you guys got a chance to see the story that uh, broke a little bit earlier or they updated a little bit earlier, I should say about the kid from Florida that signed essentially a $13 million deal. Uh, yep. Jaden Rashada, I believe his name is. So he signed a, a $13 million or was promised a $13 million NIL deal. And I guess Florida, the NIL that he signed it with today, let him know that that's no longer valid. So he pretty much pulled out. So, so we know NIL is chaos at this point. Are you cool with stuff like that going on? You can't be right. The old bait and switch. No, I mean, for, first off, we gotta we gotta separate the two, right? Like, can we also say that no high or no college kid is worth thirteen million dollars as a true freshman? Yeah, yeah, we can all agree on that. I think perfect. Um, but what I was gonna say is we have to, we have to separate the two, and it, it could be different at Florida, but. For Nebraska fans, if this were to happen here, the university would have no part in whatever this deal is. Like our state law around NIL prevents the school from being involved, prevents the coaches from being involved. They can endorse the collectives, but they have no real say in it. Um, no matter, obviously, we don't believe that to be 100% factual, but. They they separate themselves for this exact reason. So um, I'm blaming the collective or whichever NIL group at Florida botched this deal. Um, I don't I don't know how any of them have raised 13 million dollars already um, to spend on one kid or even consider promising one kid. Well, that's the thing I don't get is I just don't get. Uh, hey, you know what? You're only worth what someone's willing to pay. And if some NIL right. collective says, hey, you're worth $13 million to us, unfortunately, unless there's some kind of signed deal, it's hard to take them at the word. I mean, that that's a lot of money for a, a high school senior to get. And he's like yeah, the oh, seventh best quarterback in the class. So he's not even number one. Yeah. Well, we have, I mean, you right. could sell me on, on like a LeBron James, like in the basketball world, where – you know, he's potentially signing a shoe contract with Nike the day he ends up at Duke, right? Zion would have been an NIL monster because he had so much clout from YouTube leading up to it. And Nike would have loved to have signed him to a shoe deal right then and there. Uh, but that that's the difference between football and basketball too, right? Basketball, there's a lot more individuality. Um, shoe deals are, are huge in basketball. They're not as big in football. Um, so you, you could convince me in the basketball world that it makes sense because it's probably not coming from collective. It's probably coming from a Nike or something like that. Um, I just don't see that happening in football. Well, Well, the only, the only, I was going to say the only comparison right now, you have the Quinn Ewers, Ewers, excuse me, situation when he went, when he left, um, Ohio state, went back to Texas. He was already trying to get some things done when he was still in high school, but Texas legislation and laws, you know, didn't allow that. So he goes through all of that. He gets, you know, he's got some others right now, but 
the the thing that's different, you know, you and I know it's it's not the same because the so the questions were when he left, what does that do? It's a little bit more, you know, with the transfer situation. But what who he had signed with at Ohio State is just a sports marketing agency. Essentially, that travels, and so they've got clients and shows they do and all these other things. So that you know that starts to you know you know comes into question these collectives how do they get in is it just centric to that state you know stuff like that so let me and then let me bring up something else a little bit closer to home with decoldus crawford transferring and now you know committing to louisiana tech he had his heating and air conditioning his hvac uh nil deal were do you think it had to have been written in that right that that gets them out of it. They're not because why would they want to why would they want to support sponsor someone who's not local, right? They're not getting that advertising. They're not getting that support. I want just trying to piece it. I don't know. It, the big part of it is, is the 13 million, but there's, you know, there's got to be some correlation and some connection so that we can find some uniformity with this. Well, if, if I were to tell you guys that a way to possibly fix NIL would be, I mean, you could stipulate a contract. I mean, that's a very simple way to do it. Year by year by year, you could do a contract. Or you could have a representative go to the table for you as an athlete, and maybe that could do something to curtail it as well. But, I mean, there's got to be something to get it under wraps. It's just going to take a few years. That's the unfortunate part about it is we're going to see stuff like this. Are those? Is that what the collectives are supposed to be doing, like the new 1890, right, that – they're in that, you know, instead of having to go out and do it on their own, figuring out what's the language, are they are they going to get screwed over or, you know, is the company going to be on the hook for something that they're not, you know, all these things. I'm just, I don't know those answers and, you know, we need to dig in, but you'd like to think that eventually all of these, you know, because as crazy as it is, the one that we hear about more often was this swarm in Iowa and the relationship between them and the athletic department. And so, you know, watching that unfold and how that's working, you know, has given us some answers. But it's still, like you said, it's it's not it's nowhere close to close to perfect. It's not anywhere close to being finalized. But there needs to be some some answers in a way. It needs to be tied up, buttoned up, whatever you want to say. You're, I agree. Yeah, I got two points to build off of that. Um, one. Keep in mind, like $13 million is absolutely ridiculous. Last year, Ryan Day stood at a podium and said, we need $12 million for our entire roster, right? Like we need $12 million in NIL money for the entire roster. And I respect his honesty at that point. Yeah. You're telling me one kid at quarterback is worth more than the entire Ohio State team? Get the fuck out of here. Um, So that's my first point. Second point is – while I think all three of us agree here, um, but I won't I won't put words in your mouth. I love that Nebraska was on the forefront of this. They signed a deal that you know they had open doors involved. But I now like from a state perspective, I kind of wish the state would have taken a wait and see method like the state of Texas did, because you're not seeing any of these problems with the Texas schools. They took a year to iron out their state laws around it to solidify it. And, you know, we, we, we've been lucky. We haven't had a ton of issues, but there are a ton of issues with high school kids in California. Um, obviously this Florida deal, there was some, some weird stuff that happened with Miami the first year it was available. 
They had a guy who owned a bunch of UFC gyms pay every scholarship player $50,000. Like there was just some weird stuff going on. And until we, until we have real legislation and I'm not talking about from the government. I mean, if the NCAA is still going to oversee this, they need to put some parameters on it um, for the good of everybody. And it's so frustrating to me that the NCAA is trying to take this to Congress to fix. Congress shouldn't have to fix this. You created this mess by refusing to pay players for decades. You have to fix it or you lose all authority, period. Yeah, I'd prefer if – I'm going to be honest. I'd prefer the NCAA doesn't get involved because every time everything they touch, they seem to destroy. Same thing with Congress. It just yeah, neither, but neither NCAA one of is taking it to Congress, which you know, as bad as NCAA is, um, so I would Congress argue that taking take, taking this to Congress is worse for the sport than anything. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. You're getting a bunch of people that have absolutely no, um, no background in this NIL or yeah. anything like that, or or sports for that matter. Yeah. Making Why was Condoleezza Rice involved in NCAA investigations? That uh, makes I, no I, sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I can't. I, I just don't want anybody involved in politics involved with my football because it's the one thing I hold dear. Please, please don't yeah. screw that up too. What I will say, you know, I, I'm I'm one of the harshest critics at NCAA. I bash them all the time. You know way. One thing that they got right though is these adjustments that they are making to the transfer portal. It's going to be a lot harder to get a waiver for the second entry. Now, I don't know how that affects somebody who transferred early on in their career and then their grad grad transfer. I don't I don't know how that's going to affect, but I will say I I'm actually impressed that the NCAA stepped up and, and started to curb some of this issue. Yeah, I got to say, I'm I'm good with it. Like, I think the first transfer should be free. You know, you should have that first transfer because, hey, we've all made bad decisions in life. And you get into a situation where you don't want to be there or you shouldn't be there. You don't fit in there. And, hey, if you've got a better opportunity somewhere else, I can't hate on someone for wanting to take that opportunity, especially if the NCAA is going to give you a free transfer. Now, the second one, right. hey, I get it. You should have to sit or you should have to prove there's a reason that you made that second transfer. It shouldn't just be free and clear. Hey, I can transfer every year with no penalty. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there were there. I mean, you were only granted one free one, but they were handing out waivers like they were candy. I mean, um, you could just say I before the portal, okay, right? Well, hey, you need another one. Okay, great. Before before the portal, right? Like the the transfer waivers made zero sense. Like Scott Frost gets hired. Noah Vedral transfers to Nebraska as a walk-on very early in the offseason. He doesn't get cleared by the NCAA till game three, which is technically game four because game one was canceled. But uh, Justin Fields got granted his waiver m- middle of the offseason, right? Like, I, and the NCAA has botched this shit from, from the beginning, but at least they are – you know they're trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube, which is always a losing battle. Um, but I think I think they've done a, a decent job of cleaning up this portal incident right now. So as long as it's long, as long as it gets to the point where whether how good the rules are, or how bad the rules are, they just have to be the same rules for everyone. And that that Justin Fields example, I was thinking about that right when you talk, started talking about it. 
you know, you can't have the situations. You can't have the the rulings on the penalties that, you know, the you, you put A and B down on paper, but you don't put the school's name. And one is, you know, a, a small fine and, you know, a, a, a one day coaching, you know, ban. And then the other one, you know, is the is the quote unquote death penalty by the NCAA. And you look at, you know, oh, one's Ohio State and one's like, you know, South Alabama. It's like, well, how, where's the pair, you know, where's the parity there? Where's the equality in that? So it'll, whatever those rules are, nobody's going to like them. Not everyone's going to like them. There's always going to be both sides, but they've got to be equal for everyone. Yeah. Do you guys think with the way that, this will be the last question on Ford, then we can move on. Do you think that the way that Florida's NIL botched this, do you think it screws up their recruiting for Billy Napier going forward, especially with NIL? I don't know about the recruiting going forward, but do you think it ties into the, to the just how many players were leaving the tra- the amount of transfers out of Florida? I don't know if they, you know, if they started under realizing what was happening or maybe the NIL that they thought they were going to get, obviously thought they were going to get or what was kind of promised in terms of a collective type idea wasn't, wasn't there. I mean, Miami, as, as crazy as it's getting for them, but they have something set up. BYU had some things set up. Um, you it's know, called the Mormon Church. Well, besides that, um, whatever the company was, and I, I, I can't remember. Remember, they last year they gave essentially hired as employees through NIL all the walk-ons, and you know gave them enough money that they could pay for the rest of their school. Um, but it was organized. That's my whole point. That idea of a collective. It was organized, but Florida just seems in a mess and i don't know it's that's a great that's a great question drake any knowledge to that matter um do i think it's going to affect recruit maybe in the short term i don't think it'll be long term um because if florida has any say in whatever their collective is like you know trev asked matt davison to go run 1890 right if I, if Florida has any say in how that organization's ran, um, that that change is coming quickly because that's bad press. Uh, but at the same time, I don't know very many high school kids that think they're worth thirteen million dollars. You promise a kid fifty, a high school kid fifty grand, there that's a lot of money to them, right? Like that's the median salary for most of America, like. I don't I thir- the 13 million number makes me less worried about the effects it's going to have. Because well, yeah, people are going to look at it and say anyway. Yeah, uh what? That makes no sense. Of course you weren't going to get that. Well, and I think that's the thing that that's the biggest thing is it's 13 million dollars. I mean, that's an insane amount of money and the more insane thing is it's drug on for as long as it has. This has been in the news for about a week now. Just kind of crazy, but let's can let's I, can, yeah. Can I, what you got? I know you've got you've got your uh, you're gonna drive this, but and if you want to come back to it, let me know. But I'm curious your guys' thoughts on whether or not the same you know kind of on the same vein there nil money connected to Florida's recruiting. Do you think nil is going to have you know moving forward any um, benefit or uh, detriment to the NFL draft. So, for example, there's a you know 20 guys that potentially could go, but they are staying this year. You know, Blake Corum could be injured, 
injury related. You've got um, Michael Penix from Washington, Penix, whatever you want to say from Washington, stuff like that. Do you think any of these top guys that could be potential top three round draft picks are staying because of NIL getting that? Or do you think it's, is that going to impact it going forward? No, I, I don't think so. For, for several reasons. One, your first round draft pick, like everybody who's projected first round, their first contract is more than you're going to make in one year of NIL. And you no longer have to go to class. Like if you're in that, that world, like you just want to focus on football, right? Um, well, and I, I just and want I to agree. focus on football. Yeah. yeah. And I agree. So like, like a running back shelf life, for example, why would you take another year and get, right. you know, a, a couple t-shirts from a restaurant and, you know, a free meal plus some other money. But when you could get that guaranteed salary. Yeah. And then, you know, four through seven maybe but i don't i don't know that nil is what makes them stay it just makes it easier to stay to get more game film right to to raise your draft stock i don't think the nil is the reason why they would stay it just makes it easier for them to stay like um you know austin allen Uh, austin allen would have been somebody that if the money mattered I could have seen him staying longer at at a different program. Like, obviously, he's tired of losing in Nebraska. So, imagine he's at Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio State, whatever. He he was a low projected round draft pick. Maybe he stays that extra year to build up his draft stock, and the NIL is just crazy. But I don't think he would stay just because of the NIL. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I just think a guy like Blake Corum, he was so close to winning a natty last year that the NIL wasn't the reason he came back, but it's a nice perk. Yeah. Um, if he can bounce back from the knee injury that I believe he had already had surgery, if he can bounce back from that, if that's a loaded team that he's going back to. So I think NIL is just a little bit of frosting on top of the cake. No, I agree. Somebody, somebody, somebody was talking to me about that I thought was interesting. You know, just mentioned, saw something about, you know, t- top 20 guys that could have gone but stayed and just wanted your guys' opinion. Well, since we were just talking about Michigan, let's talk about Harbaugh because that was kind of the big story in the last couple of days is he returns to Michigan. Do you guys, and we'll get into choice here in just a minute, but do you guys think he made a good decision by not jumping to the NFL and, and coming back or – do you think there was no offer to jump to? Uh, Fitz, I'll let you go first. <laughs> I'm I'm torn. I have a long-winded answer, like I always do. So I had like a 15-minute one a few weeks ago, so I, I get it. This is a long topic. Part, part of me believes that it's the latter, that he didn't have – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to qualify this. He didn't have the offers that he wanted. Um, and I know that's the easy, easy way out. What I mean though, is, you know, if, was it, did he find out and it, tell me right now, cause I've, I've been out of it, out of the loop for a couple of days is, is Staley still at San Diego? Yes. He did not get fired. Okay. So he Somehow. gets, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give him preseason when he gets guys hurt. But you know, when they find, when he finds his agent, he find out, he finds out, excuse me, that 
you know, Staley is going to be retained at, you know, maybe that's the the reason for that. Um, you know, the, but he, he interviewed just, with Denver though. No, I know. But is that the, is that the best job? You know, they, well, no, it's, it's definitely not the best job, but, but is that the job he wanted? In that is job. that the job he covets though? I know Indianapolis is right. That's in his, that's in the, it's in his blood. Was that, I don't know. I just, part of me now, now that you say that one thing about the Broncos that he had that opportunity. Now I'm starting to, you know, starting to wonder. I just, I don't know. I, okay. I'm going to just stop and say, I have no idea. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I genuinely think he was, given an offer by the Broncos. I don't think he was given the full amount of control that he wanted. Um, And that franchise is in shambles and their front office can't assemble a roster. I totally get why you would turn that down. Here's where, if I'm a Michigan fan, this is where I start to get a little annoyed and a little bit worried, right? Uh, last year he interviews with Minnesota doesn't get again doesn't get the offer that he wants I don't know that he didn't get an offer but not again not the control that he wants he comes back to Michigan and says that was a one-time thing I'm I'm here for Michigan one year later interviewing for another franchise after after telling everybody that was a one-time thing like as as a parent and I'm not a parent Zach's not a parent but and Fitz, you just have young kids, but I can tell you with conversations I've had with parents when I was coaching about their kids' recruitment, they have to trust the coach that they are letting their kid go play for. Like there, that is an important factor. And other other schools that are going to be recruiting against Michigan are going to start giving Michigan a taste of Jim Harbaugh's own medicine and actively recruiting against the school and not recruiting two-year school. Like, Harbaugh, it, there's there's no love lost, obviously, between him and Frost because some of the things Harbaugh said on the recruiting trail about Nebraska, right? Um, so I think long-term, it could have – if he does this again next year, I think their, their following recruiting class just tumbles because people are going to say, he's looking to jump ship. And – other schools are going to recruit against that. And as a parent, I'm going to like, if you lay out three straight years where he's like, I'm back in Michigan, I'm here for Michigan. That was a one-time thing. It, and you, you're you showing me newspaper clippings of these direct quotes. Like you're not just blowing smoke out your ass. I'm going to think twice about, hey, I'm letting you take my kid away from home, go play for you. And you might not be there next year. And we have no idea what happens in that replacement. What about the what about the other guys on his staff too? Now there's one or two that could be a replacement there, just you know, connecting it to that. But at some point in time, if this keeps going on and guys know that either his decision or somebody else's decision above him, you know, decides, you know what, we're not doing this anymore, he's gone. Some of those guys might start taking jobs elsewhere right now or you know, yeah. later on. And so recruits that commit to those guys we've seen it you know all over all over so yeah yeah and i mean and, you saw it with frost staff oh yeah 100 percent. it's if you if there's any instability these guys are eventually going to take the leap so here's what i think i think harbaugh i think harbaugh chose to stay at michigan this year and, and the reason is is because jj mccarthy comes back extremely talented young quarterback 
They get Donovan Edwards again. They get Blake Corum again. They got an experienced offensive line. They got an experienced defense. They they should be top of the conference. I feel like it's national title or bust for them. He's 2-0 over Ohio State the last two years. Ohio State is losing a ton of talent, including Stroud. To me, that puts Michigan in the driver's seat of the Big Ten. I don't think I'm crazy saying that, am I? Um, no, I, I don't think so. Um, okay. I don't. I don't think they're as uh, as far ahead as Ohio State has been. No, no, no. But I, I think there's. I think they are in the driver's seat. One. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so let's. But do I don't this. think it's a runaway, is what I'm saying. No, no, no. I think it's it's a close one, and then two is right there. I don't think it's one, and then it's five. Right. So I think right, it's right, pretty right. close. But let's play the hypothetical game for a second. Let's say Michigan wins the national title this year, wins the Big Ten championship. That would be the ideal time to jump to the league for Harbaugh. If he does that, do you think he stays at Michigan to keep building that program, or do you think he jumps to the NFL if he wins a natty? I think he leaves at that point. I think that's when he takes his shot to the NFL because then he's got unfinished business in the league with what happened at San Francisco by not winning that Super Bowl. Is there any place in this conversation that – starts to point to the fact that he did come back knowing that Stroud was leaving and it gives that opportunity to be the front runner in the, in the big 10 and do that. Yeah. That was my argument on why he came back. Sorry. My apologies. I had to uh, handle something. So you got kid duty. I get it. No, now I, now I, sound, now I sound really I, I'm going to come out and say it guys. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, I don't think Harbaugh, is winning a national championship, period. Um, you know, Ohio State might have lost a lot, but so is Michigan. And Michigan, you know, far superior in terms of talent all over the field and on the line, and they got manhandled by TCU. Um, now, they made that game close, but TCU made them look really bad for about three and a half quarters. And yes, TCU, you know, call it a freak thing. I I don't care. Like TCU up until at the start of the year had no business being in that conversation, right? They were five and seven last year. But if you're going to, as as a Michigan fan, and I'm not saying any Michigan fan has said this, but if you are going to claim that the reason you lost is because of Blake Corum, that means – Harbaugh and staff didn't get the rest of the job done because you, you are loaded with talent. Um, JJ McCarthy could be a very good quarterback. You, you spent all year not developing him and just letting him manage games that I, I just don't think Harbaugh is going to win a title. I think George is that far ahead of them. Um, I think George is that far ahead of everybody. I, and Michigan is—they've built themselves strictly to beat Ohio State the last two years. That's their number one goal. And once they do that, you, you see it, right? Like there's a letdown in energy on the field, or or whatever. I don't know what it is, but that team that comes out in the semifinals does not look like the team that played against Ohio State ever. So we're That's not crazy to say that Michigan's built to just win the Big Ten, right? 
No, absolutely not. I the every everything the way they are structured is strictly to win the Big Ten and hopefully have a shot at a national title, which they do have a shot at a national title. But they're not explosive enough to play with Georgia. I think Georgia would have ran them off the field too. Maybe not as bad as they did TCU because again, Michigan has better players. But I still think they're getting ran off the field by Bama, Georgia. Um, who else? I mean, there's a lot of teams that were. I, I think they would have lost to USC. The USC had athletes all over the place too. So yeah, that and and they were one half away from being in the playoffs. They almost lost to three and nine Nebraska. It's true. Well, let's. Uh, so we kind of got the Harbaugh situation. You remember your guy Bill O'Brien? Let's talk about yes, him. Yes, I now. do. <laughs> so All right. All right. apparently, Bill O'Brien is is not long for college football. It seems like his time in Alabama is coming to a close. He's wide and for it, though. He is, and uh, he's going to. You're a Patriots fan, aren't you, Drake? Yes, sir. Well, he's going back to your favorite team, the Patriots, it sounds like. Look at that excitement on his face. Um, The same I'll, look I'll that a- Alabama fans have. I'd rather have Bill O'Brien calling my offense over Josh Joe McDaniels. Dirk. And, more importantly, over Matt Patricia, who is the offensive coordinator this year. Um, is there a more punchable face than Matt Patricia? I love I love Matt Patricia. I think he's a funny guy. Um, he was a great D coordinator. It, is that deal? Is, is he that deal place for you guys on the offensive side of the ball? That's the funny part, though. Yeah, he was a great D coordinator. Now he's because our offensive he, coordinator. Yeah, he got fired by Detroit. Um, oh, I remember that. Bill Bill Belichick went after Bill O'Brien last offseason, but Bill O'Brien promised Saban two years so he wouldn't leave. That was part of their arrangement when he got hired on. It's part and, of the rehabilitation contract. Yeah. Um, it's hard to argue not that. Everybody, not everybody sticks out that two years, Lane Kiffin. Um, <laughs> but, I bit, like, they didn't even have a named defensive coordinator this year in New England. Like, No, his kid it, with the mullet was calling the defense. Yeah. Well, like, I, I think Bill was. I think Bill was calling it. Um, I, I wouldn't surprise me because that guy just uh, – Steve just completely looked lost on the sidelines, just licking <laughs> his lips in a very strange way. Yeah. Um, I want a drug test on Steve. Um, no, you I, don't. I think Bill O'Brien <laughs> – I want him to do the Wonderlick test. Actually. I, I'd actually <laughs> rather see that. <laughs> he'd, he'd, score, he'd score like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and I don't – Russell? No, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Well, Jamarcus Russell, that and the CD that was DVD that was blank of plays, and he never watched it. But he studied yeah. the playbook. <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. Um, I, I'm cool with Bill O'Brien coming back to New England. Um, at least when he was calling plays both in Houston and New England, you knew what you were going to get. Um, last year with Josh McDaniels, New England would – run for 60 yards on the opening drive and then neither running back would get a touch till the fourth quarter. Like it made no sense what they would well, do. You could, and you saw the same thing with the Raiders. So, you know, yeah. it's you, you have, I think. I've been anti Josh McDaniels for yeah, a long time. But with these guys, you said it though, you know what you're going to get good or bad, you know, the style. And mm-hmm. if Belichick trusts him, he's going to let him do that. So let me take it a step further than knowing what, what, Bill, uh, Bill O'Brien 
likes to do and, and how he calls plays. Is this a good thing for Mac Jones? Is it a good thing for the Patriots? Just big picture. Um, I I think it's probably bad for Mac Jones, but good for the Patriots big picture. Um, I think Bill O'Brien in his post Tom Brady era has really enjoyed athletic quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, Bryce Young. Um so nice to have a I quarterback could, that can scramble a little bit. Yeah. Um, do they trade do they try to trade up and get Bryce Young? I don't think so. Um, although I, I do think they have the capital to do so. Uh, I haven't I haven't prepped for the draft. Honestly, f- as a football fan, first let me back up. I am not a diehard NFL guy by any means. <laughs> um it it soaks way too much energy out of me after watching Nebraska lose. Like I I can't and, and now not that my anymore. Patriots have been bad for about four years, uh I I don't know that I watched an entire NFL game all year. Like, I'll, I'll just be honest. Um, I don't even care about – I've never been big on the NFL draft. I never have. Um, so I do because I'm a degenerate and it's something that's on. Yeah, that's fair. Um it's being honest at this point. I, I'm interested to see what they do in the offseason in free agency. You know, a couple years ago – I thought that they hammered free agency pretty hard on the offensive side of the ball, and yet they still cannot score points. Like they went out and got Johnu Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne, like on the first day of free agency, and it's done nothing. But you get other teams that the other teams though that making that are making these decisions are getting AJ. Smith, right? AJ Brown, AJ Brown, geez, AJ Brown, you know, so it's like you make these moves. I've, I've very, I don't know, maybe even the last 10 years, but probably five for sure. Tell me if, if I'm wrong. You're wrong. Okay. And now anyway, usual. tell me again, after I say this, if I'm wrong, but very similar in terms of the draft and then also how they handle free agency. And we've seen the end result is, you know, the Packers and the Patriots, right? You know, just are they oh, getting... totally wrong? Totally what? wrong. They, they operate. Get... They, they operate. Don't, they never get what they really need, and they try to. It's almost. I have this feeling that this sense that well, Stop. let's let's prove everybody <laughs> wrong and get these guys. No, no, they operate totally different in the fact that New England refuses to pay anybody on offense, and Green Bay just paid Aaron Rodgers way too much. They also and they don't to go... get him any help. Well, that's my whole, yeah. That's they don't, the whole point. They don't. They don't get him any help. At least New England invests their money on defense, like all, all around the defense. Like, yes, what you get from acquisitions on the offensive side is relatively the same, but it's for two totally separate reasons. And New England has tried to draft receivers in recent years. Um, you know, they went after Nikhil Harry in the first round, who just didn't pan out, and they traded him to Chicago. Um, well, and that's it's just, thing. and that's a, and you're right though. I mean, and because in the draft part of it, because how many teams passed on Jordan or uh, Justin Jefferson, right? Things like that. You're goddamn never, Eagles. I mean, and so how many people I, passed I, on Tom Brady, right? I, oh God, <laughs> Giselle has now passed on him. So, except for she bought a mansion right across the street, and he traded up to a younger model anyway. 
Yeah, he he got he got a, he got the new Corvette. Does it have all wheel drive or? I it's think a it's hybrid. electric. Yeah, it's electric. <laughs> it's a hybrid. No, the new Corvette really is a hybrid. The front the front uh, wheels are electric, and the back wheels are hooked up to twin turbo V8s. It's pretty sweet looking. I see a uh, video of it this morning. Weather. Well, there's just puddles outside. It's fine. Not a big deal at all there. Um, but back to, back to New England and Green Bay. Um, I I'll be honest. I I don't fully grasp what Bill Belichick's plan has been post Tom Brady. Like he does enough to stay competitive. He hasn't tanked all the way. But he's always trading back in the draft too because he apparently doesn't like anybody in the fucking draft. I I don't get it. <laughs> and at this point, I'm actually annoyed. I kind of like it when you're annoyed. It makes me giggle a little bit, especially that you're a New England fan. But yeah, that's the one thing I never get is it just it doesn't seem like New England likes rookies for the most part. It's almost yeah, like it, Washington well, in the I think it was '90s or '80s. They had no rookies. They traded their entire draft class away for older players yeah i mean at least mac jones came in and started year one i think mac jones is a serviceable quarterback i don't think he's a franchise quarterback I, there's no way um which is why i was so happy when they signed johnny and hunter henry on the same day i was like oh they are going to try and relive the gronk and aaron hernandez days i don't know who's going to be the murderer but um it didn't work and i, I don't know man like I, I think they finessed San Francisco really well. They made Kyle Shanahan think that they were going to go get uh, Trey Lance so Mac Jones could follow to them. But other than that, like, there's not a move that I'm like, that's getting us back into the championship hunt. But it's I'm fine with it as a Patriots fan, guys. Like, I had a great 20-year run, and I would give it all up for Nebraska to give me a three-year run. You know what? I would, too. As an Eagles fan, I would love for the Patriots to give up that 20 years for Nebraska to have a three-year run. Um, right, I'd I, gladly we, do it. Are we Giants fans this weekend? What's that? Are we Giants fans this weekend, Drake? How um, dare you? You know, How I dare do, you, I do, one? I do love Danny Dimes. I do love Saquon. And I really love Darius Slayton. So maybe. Choose wisely, gentlemen. Choose wisely. <laughs> I, I got so I got one one more topic to bring up, and then I'll let you fellas get on for the evening. We don't have like a potpourri section where we just get to ask our own stuff. I mean, no. we just no, from the gallery. We are we absolutely are. not. That's that's this entire show for the most part. I just got one last thing. So Garrett Riley, the uh, younger brother Lincoln Riley, is leaving TCU to go to Clemson. Um. Can can Link or I guess Garrett Riley rescue that offense? He's in a top fifteen offense anytime he's coordinated an offense the last three years. Clemson struggling because I think I think the quarterback he has is better than the quarterback he just had at TCU. And you guys know how much I love Max Duggan. Well, and they've got Klubik, who is a better quarterback than DJ Ungalele, who transferred to <laughs> Oregon State. Bless you. Yeah, I practiced that. Don't worry. Well, so, that's I mean, kind of, that's exactly where I was going to. It's funny Drake said that because the the issues that Clemson has had of late have been on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, we you mentioned that. Stop but agreeing it's been with the, me all the time, Fitz. It's bad for radio. Argue it's with their me. it's their quarterback play. That's the thing, though. And so you're both wrong. 
if they have a if they if the quarterback play is better, you know, now tell me tell me the style that Riley's going to take into Clemson. Is it going to be are we going to see TCU what they did this year or is it going to be so was okay, so let me they've got a wide open spread offense. So I think it's gonna be a lot was Sonny Dyke's influence on Riley essentially what propelled him into this Clemson job. And is he going to take that to do, do the same thing or does preacher man have an idea of what he wants to do. And then he's going to force Riley to do that. And they're just going to continue in the same phase that they've been in, which is horrible to watch offensive football. Zach, I'll let you go. Well, what he's so when he was at SMU under Sonny Dykes, he ran that spread offense. That it was a wide open offense, not so much quarterback run based, but it was a really spread open offense. It looked very similar, like you guys said to USC. Then we seen last year what happens when you've got a dynamic athlete at quarterback. You can do a lot more quarterback run. I think, yeah, kind of what you were guys were saying. It'll be tapered back a little bit, similar to a USC where the quarterback doesn't have so much. Um, impact in the run game, but it's more of a distributor of the ball. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think Lubick has that that same kind of running ability. Um, but, you know, if Dabo wants them to play a slower tempo, um, which is totally opposite of everything that they've done since, since he's been there, I think Riley would be willing to make that change too um, because – Every job you have is an interview for your next job, right? Like, and he understands that, and I think he, I, I think he wants to show that he's like at TCU, at SMU, you had to run that, you had to run that style of offense to compete with the big boys. Period. Like that, that's the great equalizer. It was the equalizer for Georgia Southern against us. Air that's where the spread was invented. Yeah, um, I mean that's that's how Oregon got good, right? Like they weren't smash mouth; they were spreading you out and finding holes. Yep. So, I think Garrett Riley, and this is just like my own thoughts, right? Like I, I haven't read anything, I haven't talked to anybody. Obviously, I think if 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 Dabo wanted to go a little bit more pro style, Garrett Riley would make it work. Like it's Garrett Riley's smart enough to make the offense work around what he has and how Dabo and staff has built that team to perform moving forward obviously the last couple of years has been pretty bad um yeah who was the guy that dj ugulele beat out and forced him to transfer uh the kid that transferred to missouri was it i don't remember now i gotta look it up yeah because i i i thought it was oh yeah it was trevor lawrence that's easy go ahead moving on <laughs> Thank you for that, Fitz. You're um, welcome. That's what I'm, hey, I'm the stats and information guy. Keep going. No, no that's just what you're here for. No, I, I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. Chase hate, Bryce. Ah, there. Okay, there you go. Um, I, it, and I was thinking of uh something. Kelly, and he went to Duke. Oh, okay. Well, shit. They got a good. Oh yeah, I know who you're thinking of too. Yeah. So that's I what I was thinking of, but I, I don't know. It, it's hard to not fix that offense with the athletes they got over there. Klubik isn't the best runner in the world, but he's fleet of foot and he's got a cannon for an arm. It's going to be hard to not see them open as a top five team next year. How how did he not beat DJ out this year, though? Why was True. he not playing? True freshman. But if he's that good and they and DJ struggled, 
I mean, I know he got benched a couple times and he'd come back in and they gave and, him a lot of rope. Oh, and I just you just wonder now is you know, because and and Riley is is a quarterback's coach as well. And he's done obviously some good things with the guys that he's had, you know, in his room. But um, I don't know. It's part of me though is the fact that it's just fun to watch Dabo Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney not succeed. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm just trying that. to, I'm trying to push this into the corner to say, no, I, I just don't think it's going to work. And it's fun to, to watch it not work. I'd love to say that was going to happen. I just don't see it being in the cards, unfortunately. Okay. So the lack of NIL at Clemson though, is that going to start to impact what's going to go on there too? They're still winning and they're still in the national championship hunt and they're still putting guys in the league. To me, those are all more important than NIL, and I think Clemson's proven that by still getting top five classes every year. Can't argue with that. That's just my opinion, but boys, we uh, we wasn't it Trey Palmer? Wasn't it Trey Palmer who turned down NIL here at Nebraska just to focus on football? I can't remember. I thought he still got an NIL deal, but I could be wrong on that. Somebody turned it down, and I thought it was him. Maybe it was Anthony Grant. We have to look into that and uh, maybe chat about that on uh, Sunday. Could have been Brett Maher. It made me so happy to see him miss those kicks. That was yeah. absolutely Trey, pa- Trey Palmer turned down to NIL. His valuation sat at four hundred twenty thousand. Damn, well, that's Purdue a lot of money to turn down. Purdue turned down covering him, so it kind of worked out. Worked out yeah, for everybody. They did. Well, they still won. Yeah, touche. Well, on that note, boys, we got anything else? I think we kind of covered everything. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much for joining me tonight. Uh, Appreciate it. And we'll do our next live show on Sunday and we'll go from there. But boys, have a good, good rest of your night. You too, buddy. All righty, guys. Take care. Members of the congregation, let's raise our Kool-Aid filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.